Welcome back to the 411 Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Larry Zonka, and this is episode 83 of the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, the 411mania.com website, and any major podcasting platform. Please make sure to subscribe to our show, share us around on social media, and if you have time, leave us a five-star review on the podcasting platform of your choosing. Joining me today, making his return to the show, he's going to be a regular contributor going forward, my good friend dating back, Jesus Christ, pretty much 18 years as long as my oldest daughter's been alive, Stephen Jefferson Douglas Cook Jr. the third. Steve, how are you? Oh, hey, 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 we're about on the same wavelength, we're about, we're gonna, I think we're gonna try to break the record of Dave Brown, Lance Russell, is that our plan here, we're gonna try to break the record, Dave and Lance. We're going to do our you, best. You, my good friend, being, of course, Lance Russell, the, the legend, no doubt about it. You know, the man who br- makes and breaks people across the wrestling industry. Me, Dave Brown, guy is hanging out here like, one fall, 20-minute time limits. That's my deal here right Hey, here. there's that's nothing wrong with being Dave Brown. He had that silky smooth voice still on AEW Dark this week. Oh, my man. God, he was so good. He needs to be on that show nonstop. I'm telling you, you know, and I'll shoot a shout-out right now. My good friend's off team.com. I'm going to shoot a shout out to Alfteam.com, my, my friends out there. And they want to make some uh, they may make some suggestions to some folks on AW and whatnot. And uh, they want to hear some old SW guys. But to me, you go old school or more than that. Go Dave Brown. That's good stuff right there. You know, I will say they want to they want to hear a freaking Mike Tanay. It's like, man, did you hear Mike Tanay and TNA? Come on. Well, now. hang on. Hang on. In Mike Tanay's defense at the end of his run in TNA, <laughs> that's like Tony Schiavone at the end of WCW. Yeah, I know. I understand. And I tell you what, though, I would mark out, though, if they ran Vegas again and Mike Tanay popped in and did AEW Dark one week. If they do MGM Grand, yeah, taping there, that would make sense. Yes, that'd be good. But, uh, yeah, I, I try not to judge Mike on the latter days of his uh, TNA run because, seriously, yeah, I mean, no. look at Tony Schiavone, who's, like, totally found his love of wrestling again. He has. It's, it's fucking fantastic. A good man. I love hearing Tony Schiavone happy and marking out for Excalibur, calling Lucha moves. And... Wouldn't you all be happy sitting next to Dasha Fuentes? Wouldn't we be all happy with that? Gonzalez now. Dasha Gonzalez, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Yes, yes, sir. Oh, How can yes. you be disappointed next to Dasha? I mean, she's no. She, number one, oh. she's very good at her job. Number two, she's wearing like leather pants every week. I mean, <laughs> damn right, a goddess. So we we have much respect that, to Dasha. But uh, I know there's a lot of good news around AEW these days. And, that's uh, right, Steve. We are that's gonna, perfect right there. We are that's, that's what we call a segue here in the biz. But uh, that's right. yeah, um, you know, Steve, you look back 19 years ago this week. Mm. January 12th and the New York Post published a story announcing that Turner was selling WCW to Fusion Media mm. which was the uh, the package put together that was going to lead to Eric Bischoff retaking over the company there's I, Uncle Eric still yes it was that's right and um, yeah. obviously that ended up falling through which led the WWE buying WCW for pennies on the dollar and yeah. let me tell you that uh, depending on who you believe, that three to five million dollar purchase has more than paid for itself over the years with DVD releases and the network. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, 
<laughs> it absolutely did. They made a lot of money off of it. They could have made a lot more money off of it than they did. But for what they bought it for, yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Yeah. So, and uh, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be Thursday. So it was announced on Wednesday by TNT. A deal that will make AEW profitable in 2020 and beyond that TNT, Warner mm. Media, and AEW have renegotiated and signed a new four-year TV contract that will keep Dynamite on TNT through 2023. But I was told that, I was told, Larry Zonka, that they were failing. My God, I was told they'd be extinct. Steve, uh, do you know every week year. in my review, I have, to, for telling me. Yeah. I have to read about how bad AEW is, <laughs> how Tony Khan is a mark that's blowing through that's money, right. will never make any money. That's why I heard. The show's not only bad, and that by the yeah. end of 2020, they're going to be off cable. That's what I heard. That's what they told me. That's what, that's what I hear every week. And so yeah. that's not the truth. So we got a four-year deal through 2023. The deal was worth $175 million, and just so basically it's around $45 million a year for them. Okay. Now, people sure. are going to go, well, blah, blah, blah. It's only That's not 40... WWE money, by God. Yeah, That's it's only $45 say, yeah. million. Yeah, but only here, $45 yeah. million. But, of course, WWE has been in the game for how fucking long? They have, yeah. for whatever reason, garnered enough cachet with all these networks. They have enough stability. They have enough... Um, <laughs> Everything that has made them just a magnet for these uh, fucking networks to go after them, and that's why they're making about two billion dollars over the next five years. Yeah, yeah and yeah. that's that's the way the game is played. WWE is the established brand. AEW, AEW, hang on, got on the air when nobody thought they would get a decent deal. And I'm ta- sorry right. for everybody that ran down the initial deal. Getting $500,000 a week to cover production and an ad revenue split was a good deal for an unproven entity. Yeah. And that is paid off now. So they are good through 2023. There is a, according to all reports, there is an option for 2024, which would see a significant price increase. Um, so Dynamite is currently averaging 1.2 million viewers per episode with uh, 354,000 in adults, 18 to 49 on the Nielsen. This is all on the plus seven rating. So that's all the DVR stuff added. That's in. all DVR stuff, yes. So that is why they're getting this deal. And that's why every week when the ratings come out, and I know people like to bitch, well, but NXT won that one week and all everybody ever talks about is the demographic. Well, they won that, that one week, yes. That's what the whole <laughs> thing is based off of. It's the demographic. That's what makes the ad money. And that is why they got this bump in the new deal. And that's why everybody hammers at home every week the demographics. They have the younger skewing yep. demographic. It's the youngest skewing demographic in all of wrestling. Uh, WWE's yep. audience skews heavily over 50 in comparison. And that includes NXT. We're old people. We are. So the Especially de- NXT. I yeah. mean, I think, that, uh, I think that particular product is, it draws more old people, I would think, based off what they do. Right. Yeah. So the deal is also going to include adding another hour of television sometime this year, which will be taped on Wednesdays, and it's going to air on a Turner station. Um, but by all accounts now, it looks like AEW Dark will be moving yeah. to TNT. Well, I, I got to tell you, I was rooting for the 605 on Saturday night on TBS. Simon's Law. That's what I was rooting for. I was hoping for that. 
I think a lot of people were in some ways, but yeah. I also think that you run into um, college sports and uh, UFC and stuff oh, Saturdays. Sure. Yeah, there's plus, stuff plus, the other thing is AEW has been running pay-per-views on Saturdays. Well, see, the thing, I mean, I thought about that. The thing is, you could you could use that time slot to build into pay-per-view. You, uh, that's a fair point, too. The, you the, could. The, 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 the building, the buy-in, if you will. Exactly. That's what they call it, the buy-in. You, you put that on Saturday night TV, on TBS. Is why I was thinking. So Steve, well, you know, I, I think I think we'll agree here. This is nothing but great news for AEW. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and yeah, you could try spin this bad, but you can't. I mean, you can try. And like the big WWE deals, I'm hoping that this will lead to a trickle down effect because AEW got on TV because they were doing a lot of sellout business without TV. Then right. WWE got those big rights fees, so TNT took a chance. My hope now is that this continues a trickle-down effect and that companies like MLW, who is looking for a new TV deal and is signed on with a media company to try to help them negotiate a bigger deal, and yeah. maybe even the NWA, maybe this leads to companies like them picking up something small because they're not going to get $45 million a year in TV rights fees. But I'll tell you what, if you're MLW or the NWA, you can pick if you can pick up... Hell, if you're the NWA and you can pick up that TNT deal with a network, <laughs> you're you're yeah. you're dancing in the streets. If you're MLW and you can get three to five million dollars a year in TV rights, you're dancing in the streets. So again, I hope that this is a trickle down effect. I think it's very good, obviously, and great for AEW. And hopefully it's gonna be great for everybody. Hopefully it continues to trickle down because Steve, I think we just want wrestling to be better. We do. And there's a lot of wrestling out there, like you said. I mean, there's a lot of different uh, companies looking for time slots. You mentioned uh, NWA. You mentioned uh, MLW. You mentioned Ring of Honor, which I'll be honest with I'll be honest with you. A couple of weeks ago, I thought Ring of Honor would be dead this year, but they're 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 RH going out there. They're trying to sign Marty Scrawl to book things. They're trying to work the NWA. They're trying to do things. It's crazy. I don't know why they're trying to do it, but they're trying to do it. Well, but, uh... I mean, I'm, I'm happy to see it because obviously, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did a big podcast at the end, towards the end of last year in December, talked to Jerome Kisson for a while about just the, the overall downfall and breakdown of ROH during 2019. It's been terrible for a while, let's yeah. be honest, yeah. And it was very sad, and I wanted to have Jerome on to do that because Jerome has been a longtime ROH fan. He used to go to events all the time. Yeah, and I thought it was too. important yeah. to have him on there. And we, we dug deep into a lot of the issues. And a lot of those issues went back to the G1 Supercard show in Madison Square Garden. They Where they so screwed the pooch. Yeah. yeah, they sold out, obviously, with New Japan. But then their portion of the card was, quite frankly, bad. Terrible. Terrible. It killed them and it killed, it killed New Japan, too, to be honest with you. I mean, and then, like, the New Japan ROH um, relationship was stressed for the rest of 2019. A lot of people thought it might be over, but now we got more news, Steve. And you brought up Marty yep. Skrull, so I, I want to ask you. Marty Skrull reportedly signs the most lucrative deal in ROH history. Wow. Apparently, yeah. WWE main roster money for working <laughs> 45 dates a year, plus the freedom to work independence that he wants, and the book. Taken over crazy. for the fucking lizard man, finally. Yeah, thank God. Finally, somebody took over for the guy. Although I think it's one of the situations where the lizard man still has some say, but he's, it's like when Jim Cornette has some say. Yeah. He's there for some creative input, but doesn't have say apparently. 
Yeah, he, they're waiting for him to screw. They're, they're waiting for him to snap and so they can fire him. Is pretty what they're waiting for. <laughs> yeah, so. they're one of those deals. They're waiting for him to snap like Jim Cornette is what they're waiting for, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think you know, and I talked about this previously. Full respect to Marty Skrull for playing from a position of power. Sure, getting everything he apparently wanted. He's getting paid. He got the book. They have yeah. signed a lot of good guys. You have Bandito, Flamita, Ray Horus in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. If he if he had the book with AEW, he's got a lot of competition there too. Let's be honest. Yes, yeah, so, I mean I, I love a lot of guys in the book there. I mean I love that he played <laughs> from that position of power. Yeah. And I think it's great. And the weekend shows were the last weekend. They had an overall good weekend of shows. Yeah. And Marty Skrull started things off. Steve as head Booker by dropping the six man titles by there taking the fall. And yep. then the next night, he took the fall in another six-man tag. Yeah. And they also continued the NWA angle, which he started when he invaded into the fire. Yeah. And it appears, by all accounts, the NWA-RH relationship, which was ended last year because NWA was starting their own TV, is back on. And we have Nick Aldis versus Flip Gordon set for the pay-per-view. That's right. That's right. So it's, it's a good situation. I got nothing wrong with any of that. So I, th- I think it's it's a definitely a situation to keep an eye on here in twenty in twenty twenty. I know that RHTV has not been really something to watch for the past, uh, gosh, for the past a while. I I think we'd say right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's not been good. Not been good for a long time. But uh, you know, seeing the lizard, seeing lizard man get get tapped out, seeing Murray Scroll get the book, it's something to it's it's different. It's different. Something to keep an eye on. So, so here's the question. Here's the thing I want to ask you. So yeah. everybody, the the consensus has been for a long time that Marty Skrull, he was the most over guy in ROH. He was selling the most was merch. Time? Yes. And yes. he was the guy everybody thought should have been world champion and not Matt Taven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And again, the Matt Taven thing led to a drastic business decline, horrible attendance. <laughs> it really did. And. So here's the thing now. Marty Skrull is the lead booker. And if we want to get technical about it, it feels like at some point Marty Skrull's best play is to put the title on Marty Skrull. You know, it's just like how the Elite's best play would be to put the titles on the Elite, right? Yeah, I mean, so just it's... Just like in the AEW, like how, you know, you know, the Young Bucks should be the tag team champions. And just how... Cody should be the world heavyweight champion. It's interesting. And I kind of think that especially on a lower on a lower on a lower role like this is with the ROH, I could see Mar- Marty Scroll Ben's Island himself, and I would not fault him for it either. I wouldn't fault him for it. Yeah. Now according to everything I've heard, because I have some lovely people in ROH that like to talk to me. Sure. And obviously, I don't give out names because that would be a I dick guess it's not move. Kelly Klein anymore. I'm not gonna... <laughs> no. <laughs> Guys, drop that name. Ooh. Oh, gosh. Oh. That, so, that, um, that's not your name. Drop. <laughs> but uh, from everybody I've heard from in ROH, everybody is ecstatic about Marty taking over. Good. They should be. And this is not they like one be. or two people. This is like about eight, nine people telling me everybody's happy. I'm everybody really thinks think. it feels fresh. Yeah. And they feel like a renewed, like, I guess, lack of better phrase, a, a, a renewed boost of morale backstage. Sure. So I think that that's really cool. And we talked about the ROH New Japan relationship. 
things look to be strongly back on because New Japan stars are going to be working the uh, Supercard of Honor over yeah. WrestleMania weekend, which is a big get for the ROH show. It's going to make them want to make people want to go to that more than just a regular ROH show. But I want to propose this to you. New yeah. Japan, now think think of in terms of being Sinclair Broadcasting here. New Japan okay. Pro Wrestling lost their US TV on access because right. Impact basically told them, you have to work with us or you're fucked. And, our, and New Japan's like, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, the ROH New Japan stuff seems to be fully back on track. They're working with a Mania Weekend. You're Sinclair Broadcasting. You yeah. now have access to a network of Fox Sports regional broadcasting networks that reach yep. 74 million homes in the United States, and you are already airing ROH on that. There's a lot of Fox Sports networks, that's right. New Japan Pro Wrestling couldn't be more on-brand for a sports network if they tried. Yep. For a company in need of some positive momentum and to maybe help make amends with New Japan Pro Wrestling, if you're Sinclair Broadcasting... Do you offer New Japan Pro Wrestling a TV spot on those networks? That makes too much sense, man. That makes way too much sense. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> that makes too much sense. That that would be a great uh, that'd be a great business idea. And, I mean, you could, you could put it on any time slot you want. It doesn't really matter with with those, with those networks. You know, it's a syndicated sports network. You may slot like midnight on Saturday night or whatever. It doesn't matter. You absolutely, I, I absolutely would if I was in their in their shoes, but that just makes too much sense. Yeah, I've, it fails to compute with me, to be honest with you. Yeah, it does feel too simple. It's definitely yeah. a move I would make because, like I said, if I'm Sinclair, yeah. I'm looking to bolster my content on the networks. Yeah. Number one, number two, you're making amends and trying to keep that New Japan ROH relationship better. And number three, over the years, the New Japan talent have proved that they bring in crowds. Here's the thing, because, I mean, you know, uh, you know, Sinclair's a, a ton of a ton of stations, a ton of networks, a ton of programming, a lot of stuff going on. You know, the stadium subchannel, the stadium sports, it's like a it's like a sports network. It's on subchannels of various channels. You know, I, you probably have stadium on one of your subchannels and and. Were you at Charlotte? What's yeah, it's your... a, there, there's one of those. Yeah. It's like channel like six point five. It's like six point five or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I know you. You have it. Yeah, you have it somewhere on your. You have it somewhere on your. If you don't have a the cable on your particular television, you have the box and you push it, and there's like all these sub channels, and Stadium is on there. And I turned on the other day, and I saw ROH on there. And I got I caught the last five minutes of it's from fucking July 2019, okay? <laughs> you know, they're hyping the War of the World show, and they're hyping you know the you had the lifeblood guys out there, and they're trying to bring Bully Ray out, and Bully Ray's like, oh fuck you guys, and there's their finish of the show. He's like, okay, that's great, yeah, that's great. Okay, so. <sighs> I don't think Sinclair is, is on the ball as we give him credit for. It. Oh you no, no! I never gave him credit for being on the ball. Yeah, or not because <laughs> they're hyping the you know they're hyping the show in July. Yeah, you know they're just throwing some shit on the air for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. So I think we're giving too much credit, and I think that Sinc- I think that New Japan would be great programming for them. I don't know if they know that or not. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I I kind of wish that they would. I think it would just make sense for everybody involved. 
And um, but hey, that's just uh, me. I've been saying for a while, give me the book. I, I guess Marty will do, but I have a lot yeah. of great ideas. I've been, I've been booking <laughs> ROH for fucking t- like what eighty three fucking weeks now. I've been giving yeah. them all the ideas, and then the best part weeks. is, yeah, eighty-three. <laughs> That's weeks. a different show. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still waiting for Bischoff's new podcast, like sixteen weeks, oh, where, 16 where he weeks. breaks I, down his WWE run. I thought, admit, I thought for a minute that Tony Khan's podcast, Tony Khan's podcast, would be eight weeks. Well, that's what everybody apparently thought because AEW is horrible, Steve. It's gonna be for a second. It's gonna be eight, eight weeks, as Conrad would say. Eight weeks. What Tony God? <laughs> That's what you'd uh, say. Yeah. So that's a that's a good segue again, Steve. We're gonna start talking about AEW Dynamite, January fifteenth, yeah. two thousand twenty, the Bash at the Beach episode. That's Br- right. Bash at the Beach back- night one. That's right. Night one. Next week takes place on board the Jericho Cruise. <laughs> so uh so Bash at the Beach. So we opened up with a nice Rocky Johnson uh, memorial image, who unfortunately Rocky Johnson passed away. Father of the Rock, if you are not informed, and um, the uh, former so. tag team champion with right, with uh, Tony Atlas. That's right. Yes. So, uh, you yeah, know, sad day, and uh, someone brought it up. It, it's not a joke, but it's so sad. Cause it's like if you follow like the Cauliflower Alley Club on Twitter, the last like two weeks has been just a fucking obituary column. It's so depressing. Well, I mean, at least it's a obituary column of people that are not thirty five years old. Yeah, because because we we went through that era when everybody was thirty five or younger and passing away. Remember that? Yeah, I was gonna bring that up, Steve. A lot of the yeah. a lot of people that are listening to us may not have been around four one one in the <laughs> early two thousands. And Christ, every other week we're m- bearing guys every week. Me, that is like me, you, and buyers are writing yeah, tribute like columns to some fucker every week. Thirty five to forty five years old, and it's Chris Candido had complications from an ankle injury. Like what the fuck? Oh, dude, yeah, the, the broken legs. Oh Christ, the Candido yeah. one crushed me because I was like so happy because he came back and was doing well and was reportedly clean. And then, well, you you know, Larry Sweeney was the one that fucking crushed me. Oh like, god damn, that 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 was the worst. I still I still contend that yeah. Larry Sweeney, if given the proper platform, would have been our generation's. Bobby he should Heenan. be making fucking money right now. He should yeah. be rolling in money right now. He really should. I think he would have been our generation's Bobby Heenan, dude. He should have, absolutely. So, but to get back on track, AEW Dynamite. Now we're depressed. We can we can go on to AEW Dynamite. Yeah. So we started off with a number one a fun con- opening match. Yes, Let's number talk. one contenders tag match. <laughs> Young Bucks, Santana and Ortiz, Kenny Omega and Adam Page and the best friends battling yes. for a tag title shot next week. Kenny Omega and Adam Page won 1650 via pin, Steve. Your thoughts? It was fun shit. That's my thoughts. It was fun shit. People doing spots. People flying out of the ring. People doing crazy stuff. It was just a great time with, uh, for my money. With all due respect to uh, Mr. Kazarian and Mr. Scorpio Sky, the best four tag teams in AEW going at it. It's just it's great stuff. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Great opener, hot action, invested in hot crowd all the way through. Yeah, absolutely. And the best part is, is I thought everybody got to shine at some point in this match. Everybody yeah. delivered. And uh, they also, on top of just delivering a great opening match, they did very um, subtle things to continue advancing the tensions between Adam Page and the rest of the elite. Yes, and let's not forget the Orange Cassidy spot. Let's not forget that. Orange Cassidy just always... He made 
He made the impact in the big, uh, big double, triple, quadruple suplex spot. Great stuff. Orange Cassie just got among men. He's, he needs to, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's just great. Great guy. Great stuff right there. But yeah, I love the Omega Page stuff. They they keep building that, and they're going to be the top contenders going against uh, SCU. I think I think that's good stuff. You, I I would not be offended to giving Omega and Page a title run. Why not? No, and we'll see let what happens. Let them be champions for a while and see what <laughs> let it go on for a while and let the let the dissension kind of simmer for a while. I think that'd be great. Yeah. But I liked a lot. They did a ton of subtle things in this match to where like um there were there was points where the young bucks would hold up and not attack Kenny. And then there was a point to where um, Matt Jackson needed a tag and he goes to the corner where Kenny and Adam Page are and he stops because he's not sure who to tag. And then he looks at Page and then tags Kenny in. <laughs> and Page is just like, fuck you. He was like just pissed. And I mean, just they did a ton of little things like that during the match. And I really appreciate that on top of a great match. Yeah. And they keep trolling it. They keep trolling Adam Page. I think Page is going to snap one of these weeks when he finds out what they're saying about him on these Chirons on AEW every single week. Yeah, like, is it, Adam Page isn't paying back Private Party their $12. That's Adam right, Page is know. drinking again. Adam Page is drinking again. He's the, uh, what they say this week? I want to find what the hell they said about this guy. I did not notice what it was. Well, I missed it. Okay, hold on. Week. I'm going to find it here. I got it here in a second. It, it's going to be... Uh, uh, I gotta keep going down. Where the fuck is it? Fuck <laughs> I know the anxious millennial cowboy. That's right, there anxious millennial cowboy. That's trolling right there. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's they... true too. He is an anxious millennial cowboy. That's what he is. <laughs> yeah. So, and those little things to me keep adding to the whole angle, and I think it's fun. Yeah, eventually they'll figure out, like, what the fuck are you guys doing to me, motherfuckers? Yeah. Fuck so, you guys. So we had a hot start to the show there. Great way to kick off the show. And I, I like that they mix it up every week because, like, this was one of those weeks they didn't even do entrances. Everybody was in the ring. Yeah. And we just get They're right all to there. action. They're all there. There you go. And I absolutely love the – I'm loving shows, and NXT does it a lot of the time too, and I love them for it. They avoid the show opening promo. Because I am so sick of show opening promos all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a thing that they uh, that everybody does all the time. Absolutely. So no doubt about that. Um, things kept going really well. Um, we had Cody arrive for his response to MJF. That was Cody Johnson, I believe. Yes, Cody out in a proper Miami Vice Don <laughs> Johnson outfit. He uh, talked about. Um, the whole thing with MJF said he was a bit full of himself, wanted MJF to name his price, and then he flashed MJF's demands on the screen and talked about the steel cage match with the Wardlow and said he was surprised yeah. by this because he thinks MJF is afraid that Wardlow will actually outshine him. Talked well. about taking the 10 <laughs> lashes on live TV and then about not being able to touch MJF, and he said that's fine because he lives rent-free in his head. And MJF is just stalling. He's looking for stardom. He thinks he's an old school heel, but Cody says it's that less isn't more with MJF. MJF is just lazy. <laughs> so then there he, have it. he said he accepted all the stipulations. Um, the match means he failed as a mentor that is coming to this point and that this was not MJF's story. And at the pay-per-view, he will give MJF his own goddamn scar. Uh, Cody, once yeah. again, great here, Steve. Absolutely. 
Cody just delivering top notch. And uh, I think it's coming to the point where in this match, it's going to be MGF is going to prove himself right here. Doesn't he have to prove himself right now? Because we've heard a lot of hype about MGF, MGF from here and from there, from everywhere. He's supposed to be this top-notch, great heel. He's got. He talks a good game. We have not seen. We we've not seen the ring just yet. So this match can be a big proving ground for MJF. I think. I think it will be too, and that's the thing. The good news is, is that everybody's Cody. Cody's worked with. They've looked great. Yeah, Darby yeah. Allen looked great. Sammy Guevara yeah. looked great. I mean, and obviously, I think Cody and the guys they see MJF as a star. And I they think do. this is a project for Cody, and he wants to try to make a star. And It's as, a big match for MJF. It is, yes, and it we, is. he can definitely talk the game. I've had mixed results on him in the ring. I don't think he's ever bad, but there's times where I thought it's just like, yeah, he's he's fine. I know you've seen more MLW than I have, than I, have yeah. I think. But he definitely needs to be more than fine in this. He needs to have a breakout performance. He needs to be. He need, yeah, he has to have a breakout performance. He has to be. He has to look like the future, because yeah. he's one of those guys where you, you know, there 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 are a handful of guys where we know that they're building them up. Like uh, Sammy Guevara, one of those guys. I think that uh, Jungle Boy, possibly Darby Allen. I think those guys are kind of seen as the future. Where in five years, those guys should be the stars and MJF should be one of those guys. Definitely. So hopefully he will deliver. We got a quick promo from Joey Janela talking about Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Yeah, dared yeah, dared well, Kip yeah. Sabian to come after him. Knows his record know. wasn't good. He's facing Ray Phoenix soon. And uh, he's going to prove that good he's luck. a bad, bad boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, fucking Phoenix is awesome. So he is. So that should be a good match based on off Ray Phoenix alone. Yeah. Ray Phoenix in a broomstick, like three and a half star. Thank you, Ray. Yeah, good luck, Ray Phoenix. All I can say about that. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, with all due respect to the bad boy Joe Janela and that, that whole business with him and Kip and Penelope. Oh, gosh. Well, at That's least he didn't get punched in his dick again this week, so that was good. <laughs> so, up until that, I mean, the the Janela promo was fine. First two segments, Steve, I thought were great. Yeah. Hot crowd. Show is rocking. Oh, no. I think I know where we're going here. And then someone <laughs> pulled the emergency brake. <laughs> Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander faced off with Brandy Rhodes and Mel from the Nightmare Collective. You know what I have to say about this? About this, this whole situation? Go ahead. Brandy Rhodes is very pretty. Is very pretty. <laughs> That's what I got. Stealing my material, brother. I like Chris Tadlander, and I like uh, Hikaru Shida. That's all I got to say about all that. That's all I have to say. I got nothing else. Yeah, so the the baby face is one at 945. Yeah, there you go. Um, The show started really hot, had a lot of great momentum until Brandy's Nightmare Collective bullshit arrived to no reaction. That's a shame because I, oh, Brandy's just, I love, I do, I do love her. I'm not going to lie. I With mean, all yeah, she's uh, she's very pretty, but she's still really, really bad in the ring after all this time. Um, the I th- gimmick's bad. Yeah, well, yeah, the gimmick's yeah. horrible. It's it's not yeah. just bad. Um, yeah. I thought Mel looked pretty good. She worked really hard, and obviously, she and Chris Statlander worked she's really a hard. Veteran, yeah. Um, and but the thing was, is just like, despite the fact that the baby faces got the crowd a little into it at the end, <laughs> they tried. Yeah, they worked so they hard. This was one of those things that. 
The match was okay, but this was a momentum-stopping segment. It was. So. It was, but God bless uh, Chris Stradlander and uh, Hikari Shida. Great people. Yes. They tried. They they really, really, really tried. They Don't t- hold it against them. Do not hold this against them. They tried. Well, it's like last week, the, the Rio Stadlander thing. I didn't hold any of that against them. They busted their ass. You take away all the bullshit, and they had a very good professional wrestling match. Unfortunately, yeah. that match was filled with 50% bullshit. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, God, yeah. God bless them as long as I tell you about that. And God bless Shanna, and God bless uh, everybody else in that division, except for the people they're pushing. <laughs> so we got a we got a Dark Order video package. They're talking about the names that they're going for. The little exalted leaders talking to the dude. Yeah, they talked about uh, targeting Adam Page. Sure. Due to his That's frustration. A, you know, if you had a target a weakness in the elite, that would be the man to target right there. Yeah. And I I think we all know who we who we expect the exalted leader be at this point if he can get out of his contract. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's the original plan, but it, it, it kind of make, it kind of ties things around to another plan that was back in the day and then didn't quite get followed through. It could end up working out for them if it ends up being uh, the broken one. There you it go. Could work. Yeah, it I could mean, work. That could work. That wouldn't be bad because Matt would probably do a lot of cool shit with that. Yes. I mean, you look at all the Broken Universe stuff. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, and they, they, they specifically mentioned Paige, and they also talked about how proving that the Elite were not stronger than them. So, as you said, yep. targeting Adam Page, who is the one that has all the issues seemingly with everybody else, makes yes. sense. Yep. Uh, we went back to uh, in-ring action, and basically this week we had a, a mini tournament for a number one contendership. We had yes. two matches this week, and then the uh, last match will be next week. First Finals one was on the uh, Bash of Beach Night too. That's yes. right. So uh, the first one was John Moxley and Sammy Guevara. Uh, oh, no surprise, John Moxley picked up the win nine forty five via submission. He um, did. He, he gave he gave Sammy a lot in this match. I'll tell you. Yeah, I was gonna say this was really good. Sammy got to shine a ton. He really did. And, he uh, really did. Obviously, Moxley winning is the right call, and I'm a big fan of alternate finishers. Yeah. I love that Cody has used crossroads, a figure four, a cradle, yeah. and stuff like that. And this one, Sammy was yeah. uh, kind of running wild. He went up top, went for a moonsault, and Moxley caught him as he landed on his feet, locked in a rear naked choke, and tapped Locks him. in the choke, says uh, Samoa Joe. Yes. So. Got that choke in there. It was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. So I thought it was a re- really good match. And Sammy, it's like, you know, if Sammy's going to lose, I mean, yeah, he can lose to John Moxley. But it's it's like one of those Kobe, Cody Darby Allen things, as long as he looks good. Sammy's looked good in all of his losses. I mean, I, that, that kid, he's got a very bright future. I think he is. A very is, bright future. If you look at the whole, quote, unquote, Wednesday Night War, for me, he's really the biggest surprise as far as adapting to national TV so fast. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's worked a lot of places, but he had, like, no national TV exposure. You know what, though? I think they saw it coming because he was the guy in that first match with Cody. Yeah. So I think I think somebody saw it in the guy. Well, I, don't know if I, Cody. I think Cody. I don't know if it was somebody else. I think Cody and the Bucks saw a lot in him yeah. based off independent appearances. Yeah. And then I think that they were sitting around the table and Jericho was like, "Oh, really? Yeah." <laughs> He's like, you know, like I, I need a, I need a young yeah. Spanish god in this yeah. stable. I'm starting. So a lot of guys saw something in the guy. And he's yeah. he definitely proved them all right so far. He's he's great. 
He's just he's just a great douchebag. He really is. I just think he deserves a lot of praise for how quickly he's adapted to working national TV, though. As much as you know, I, and I heard earlier, you know, people tried to compare him to Eddie Guerrero. It's like, oh my god! I at first I was like, oh my god, what the hell are you talking about? But well, you know what? <laughs> maybe later, maybe if he keeps if he keeps going the way he's going, you don't know. Yeah, you Sammy, don't know. You might, Sammy you might obviously care. very good. Maybe Sammy's got that Latino hate blood in him. You don't know. So he might. Well, he is a Spanish god, Steve. <laughs> That's right. He might have that Eddie blood in him. So uh, I think it might happen. post-match, the inner circle arrived. Uh, they jumped yeah. Moxley. They beat the shit yeah. out of him. Jericho whipped him with the AEW championship. Hager yep. low blowed him. Sammy slapped him around <laughs> a few times. And then Jericho took a spike off of his jacket and did a, a miniature revisit of the Road Warriors' Dusty Rhodes angle and stabbed Moxley in the face with it. I think I heard John Moxley say, My uh, my eyes, all are you bastard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got to what I heard. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, good I mean, stuff. I thought uh, I thought it was a really good angle. Um, obviously, playing into the potential Jericho Moxley match, we look like we're building to. Yeah, which will go, which will happen at some point. Yeah, and again, it played off of last week when Moxley screwed the inner circle and all that. So that led to a backstage interview with Jericho and. uh, he said uh, everything that happened to Moxley was his fault for what he did last week. He disrespected yeah. the inner circle, signed his own death warrant. Pac and Darby Allen can thank him because uh, they'll right. be able to kick the shit out of Moxley next week because of what they did. And next week he promised to destroy Jurassic Express and take out the Jungle Boy. And then in a great, in a great little coda at the end as they're walking away, Sammy Sammy totally hits on Jen Decker. Hit me did up. you see did you see Jen Decker in that segment there? Jesus Christ. Oh I That's mean, the first time we saw him. Oh my god. Yes. Can you blame the man? Oh no. <laughs> I just I love that that's part of Sammy's gimmick is like when he brings really up the is. cards and yeah. he's he's like hitting like like was it like Selena Gomez or something Selena one week or something? Like... Anybody who's out there, you know, it's he's got the signs out there during the commercial break. It's fantastic. Just just good stuff. Yeah, so really Same good. He knows what he's doing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Six-man tag team action next, Steve Cook. MJF, the Butcher, and the Blade with the Wardlow and the Bunny at ringside. Yeah. <laughs> Defeating Diamond Dallas Page, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall, 1040 via pin. That's a motley crew right there. <laughs> it was. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. First of all, I thought it was a good and fun little match. Ob- obviously, the right man won. MJF should be picking up the pin. Yeah. Um, Dallas Diamond Dallas Page did a lot more than I expected him to at age sixty three. Yeah. Uh, dude, still in good shape. Looked like he was having a blast. Hit a fucking yep. top rope dive onto the pile on the floor. Yep. Uh, by the way, this was his first televised match since he and Sean Waltman lost to Billy Gunn and Monty Brown on April fifteenth, <laughs> two thousand four, on Impact Wrestling. Oh wow, that is a that is definitely a blast from the past right there. So, and of note, MJF was in spectacular form here, wearing a, an "I Bang Dallas's Daughter" shirt. Oh boy! Uh, uh, oh boy! Uh, that, that won't be good. So, she is eighteen, right? I believe so. Hope so. She anyway. looks, well, she looks more than eighteen. Let's be honest. Yeah, I, I've seen her a couple times. She looks, yeah. But I thought, <laughs> at I thought, least twenty-one, I would say. I thought this was good for what it was. It was fun. Dustin continues to be—he's so good still. Oh, Dustin's oh yeah. He's he's just fantastic. He's He's ageless. He is ageless is what he is. Yeah. He's Dick Clark. Oh, man. My God, that guy. 
just ridiculous. So good, good win for, for MJF there. They get to get the win, and uh, hopefully see more of the Butcher and Blade and the Bunny in the future. More of the Bunny. I don't really care Butcher, Butcher Blade. To be honest with you. Backstage, drunk Adam Page <laughs> interrupted SCU as they were cutting a promo. Well, he'd won earlier in the night, so it's all right. I mean, <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I don't support drinking and wrestling, uh, but you can you can wrestle and then you can drink. That's okay. That's all right. That's right. Kenny Omega. And I assume, I assume that uh, Adam Page had uh, Kenny Omega been the designated driver. I'm sure. Yeah, I would hope so. But Kenny arrived yeah. and made the peace and uh, agreed with SCU that they would have a gentleman's match next week. A gentleman's agreement, yes. So, a gentleman's match. Well, we'll see how that goes. They confirmed on February we'll February 19th, 10 days before the match with MJF, Cody will face the Wardlow in a steel cage match. There you go. It'll be interesting to see what that steel cage looks like. It will be, yeah. I mean, we have not seen AEW steel cage yet. We'll see if it's uh, like a traditional. We'll see if it's a chain link fence cage, or if it's a blue bar cage, or if it's a you know stop sign cage, or a chicken wire cage. Be interesting to see what it looks like. I mean, I think with Cody, I think they're going to go chain link traditional NWA cage. Yeah, that that kind of the fence kind of cage. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what choice they make. And, uh, yeah. but, uh, that is, that match is definitely set. And that led to our main event, the other half of the mini, uh, number one contenders tournament. Yes. Pack facing off with Darby Allen, Steve Cook. Pack defeating Darby Allen, 1145 via pin. What did you think? I thought it was a pretty good match. I thought Darby Allen got a few good chances, chances shine there. But, uh, you know, the right guy won. I mean, the Bastard Pack is kind of the guy who's, uh, I feel like he's on the verge of becoming the next big guy, but I'm not sure if he ever will be. We'll see how it goes. And Darby is also one of his guys on the verge. Two guys on the verge. I think Pack is the right guy to go against John Moxley. Although, I guess we're going to put off that next matchup between John Moxley and Darby Allen. That'll be at some pay-per-view, right? I would imagine so. That's going to go down at some point, because that'd be some crazy shit. Yeah. Plus, we, plus they're shit. still they're kind of holding off uh, Pack and uh, Kenny Omega still as well for down the line, which yes. is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the last time we saw Pack and John Moxley go ahead, it wound up being a time limit draw. So you gotta have that as that makes sense as a good final for the Chair Cruise. It does, and the Pack has been really great in AEW. It's just, everything he does looks so effortless. He's great. He's just great. I mean, Pack is great. <laughs> I love I love that guy. He's just great. He is, but it's like great look, great, great in the ring, great promo. It's just a great guy. Yeah, but I mean, just everything he does is so clean and crisp and like effortless. It really is. And and Darby is Darby that is like arrow, that that black arrow. Ooh, yeah, man. Darby to me is like he's a great mix of Mikey Whipwreck and Mick Foley. Because he's yeah. that big underdog baby face, and like you always believe he can win. Yeah. And then he has that like Mick Foley tendency to he'll, he can take all the punishment in the world. He'll do something stupid too. Yeah, yeah. I mean to be honest, yes, this is true. But yeah. I, I think it's a, like a really good mix, and that led to Pack was cutting a promo post match. Said he's the number one contender. Moxley won't be able to compete next week. Moxley rushed out of the ambulance. Said that uh, he had a patch over his eye. Said he's going to be there next yeah. week. Going to kick Pack's ass, yeah, that's and right. the title shot is going to be his. So. Good little closing angle there. Pirate John Moxley looking good. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, he didn't get in a fight because I don't think it would have gone, gone too well for him. But uh, some good stuff leading the next week. It'll be a big match between Pack and Moxley. I thought Darby Allen did look did look good here. I I'm a big Darby Allen fan. I do worry about the guy's long term uh, long term health. I I don't know how long he'll last in the business, but uh, as long as he lasts, I think it'd be pretty great. There you go. So that is AEW for this week. We're gonna jump over to NXT for the same date, obviously January. Of course, there was. Uh, I mean, you know, you remember Darby Allen from the wrestlers show in Viceland, right? Oh yeah, some good stuff. And uh, man, there's some stuff with him and Gabe. So we can't get into that stuff, can we? That we probably can't. Get the, we can't get into the Darby and Evolve stuff. No shit, we can talk about the Darby and Evolve. Yeah, Darby. Yeah, there's some stuff going on there. <laughs> Darby hated, dude. We can get into Gabe if you want right now because yeah, he uh, he got into shit with David Starr this week. Oh boy, yeah, that was a whole set. You know, uh, with all the Twitter beefs that are going this week, with uh, you know Triple H and Page, with uh, with Joey Ryan and everybody else on the road, apparently. And then you had Gabe going into going to with David Starr, and there's a, this deal with Darby Allen where apparently I, I don't know if Evolve is paying people or not paying people. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, apparently Gabe's like, well, Darby Allen wanted to live in his parents' basement or something. Uh, well, well, he wanted to live in a car or what, a truck or something? What, what was the deal there? Said he wanted to, yeah, Darby was living in his car and he was traveling around the U.S. And I mean, yeah, I mean, he did make that choice. And, you know, but the, the, the story was basically about Evolve not paying people well. Yeah. And David Starr brought it up because he knows a bunch of people that have worked for Evolve. He went in and worked for Evolve at some point. And yeah. then Gabe basically said he shit the bed. Apparently Gabe stiffed him or, or Gabe said he shit the bed and Gabe yeah. said, uh, called him out for going to Holocaust Memorial. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then like, okay, there's some weird shit going on there. Yeah. Brian Cage chimed in on it and talked about that's why he stopped working for Gabe is because he wasn't being paid well. And he was making, yeah. he was making better money working small indies than he was working for, let's be honest, the WWE affiliate. Yeah, and I get you know, I, and I can see why Gabe would try to pull that because if you're working, it, the the theory is if you're working working for WWE, WWE affiliates, you're getting noticed by WWE. Apparently, yep, it's what they sell. It's what they yeah. sell because you'll see William Regal go on the show sometimes and offer people contracts. It's like after a while, well, we'll shot you Blackheart. We'll give you a contract. Or somebody, this so and so, this guy, we'll give you a contract. But, you know, I think they, they chose that beforehand, I think. I don't know. It's a whole situation. It's a mess. It really is a mess, but, I mean, that's... Uh, that's pay your wrestling. people, for God's sakes. Pay the fucking people, right? Yeah, it's 2020. Pay fucking pay your people. Pay somebody, for God's sakes. Give me give me five bucks. I'll be happy. There you go. <laughs> there was th- That reminds me, there was a video. It was, um, it was a fucking Chikara video, and I think it was... Uh, Speaking of people, probably need to be paid. Yeah, it was, uh, Ophidian was, uh, doing this gimmick to where he was going around town and he had told Green Ant to try to attack and pin him so he could prepare for a match. And he had, uh, he quote unquote hired a referee to follow him around. Was it Bryce? No, uh, no, because Bryce is gone, but it is a female referee. I don't know who it is, but, um, so she's like, um, they sit there and he's, he's explaining to her what's going on. And then um, he gives her a handshake, and she goes, "Well, I guess I got paid since I already got my hot dog." <laughs> <laughs> there he <you have laughs> is. Fucking died. 
So. Oh gosh! Oh my god! But yeah, pay pay your people. So speaking about people that are hopefully getting paid. But yeah, hopefully these people are getting paid, Steve Cole. Hopefully NXT people are getting paid. (laughs) NXT January fifteenth, two thousand (laughs) twenty. We started off Keith Lee arriving in the building. Talks about facing Roderick Strong next week for the North American title. Put over how great the Undisputed Era had been and said the end of their 2019 was probably better than anybody's except him because he is limitless. Undisputed arrived. They called him a dummy and attacked. He tried to fight him off. They beat him down with a chair, pilmanized his ankle. Tommaso Ciampa made the save a little bit too late. A little bit too late. A little bit too late. I got to tell you. I know we're trying to build Keith Lee for the North American title. And I get that. It makes sense to build him up for that, for that championship for Roderick Strong. <sighs> can we get a little bit bigger with the guy? I feel like we can get a little bit bigger. I feel like we can go with... I feel, I feel like he could be an XT championship guy. I feel like, honestly, if we're going to have the Royal Rumble of Brock being number one, can't you have Keith Lee come out there and throw Brock out? Wouldn't that be good? I'd love it with Matt Riddle. What? Okay, Matt Riddle too. Okay, Matt Riddle is one choice, but I think Keith Lee would be a good choice too. I wouldn't hate it. I think that would be good. I think, I think we're shooting a little, too, a little bit too low with Keith Lee. I don't know. I feel like, uh, you know, we're trying to build. I, I get the, I get the point of trying to build him up with the, with the secondary title, the North American title. But I think we're going a little bit too slow. Just my, just my theory. Yeah, I see a lot in Keith Lee. I, I hope they do a lot with him. Yes. I mean, um, I, I, I'm glad he's in this at least the secondary title picture because compared to him doing nothing for a lot of 2019, it's, you know, they, yeah, they, rebounded, they rebounded late in the year with him. He had a great Survivor Series weekend, had a good run at Survivor Series with the big dog there and, you know, did a lot of yeah. good stuff. And I just, uh, I hope he has a really good 2020. I'm a big fan of his. I thought... He was a guy that when he made the decision to leave ROH, he went to Evolve, wanted to be a single star. He was delivering everywhere. Evolve, Progress, PWG. Hope, I assume we got paid in Evolve. Hope so. Yes. Hopefully. Well, somebody paid him. But uh, no, he was a guy that just, he really shined and he, he got signed and I loved it. And yeah, I just, uh, I have very Oh, he's got a role of potential, no doubt. they got a role of potential. And no, obviously not only can he work though, he has a great personality. He does. He really does. But uh, we There's go something there with that guy. We go to the ring, Steve, and it was a, uh, you know, obviously I watch NXT after AEW, and uh, man, both shows kind of going early with the hot tag team matches. Dusty, yeah. Dusty Classic tag team tournament match here. We had the uh, the Broser weights, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn defeating Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews from NXT UK. The Grizzle, the yeah, those guys, yeah. yeah. Uh, 820 via pin. I thought uh, a great little opener here. Uh, Riddle and Dunn um, gelled. A little fast-paced, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Riddle and Dunn really gelled well as a team, very surprisingly. Um, Webster and Andrews, they delivered again. They had coming off a really great uh, ladder match at NXT UK TakeOver. And uh, much like the Dynamite opener, they had a really hot crowd all throughout. It's a great way to kick off things in the ring, I thought. I got to tell you, I, I was not surprised that they gelled as well as tag team because you take a look. I mean, you're talking about Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. Those are both guys that are over with the NXT audience. They're both, you know, anytime those guys come out, they're ready to accept them. They're ready to cheer them. And they have kind of, uh, you know, they, they have different styles, but their styles kind of mesh well together. So I, I was not surprised that team worked. 
And I think the bros, the bros, what is it, the broserweights? Is that, am I pronouncing yeah, that? The broserweights. I, I think there's a real potential. These guys, I would be surprised if they did not win the uh, Dusty Rhodes Classic. Wouldn't be surprised either, but they were they were great here, and uh, yeah, I mean, great way to kick off the show. Never going to argue with great tag team wrestling. No, we will we will never argue with great tag team wrestling on this podcast. That's right. Uh, Tommaso <laughs> Ciampa came back out, talked about Velveteen Dream, Imperium, Keith Lee being on Undisputed Era's hit list. He has a hit list as well, and it's simple. It's just Adam Cole. He was yeah. sick of waiting, sick of distractions. He wants Goldie back. He needs it back. It's his time. Wants to get his life back. Undisputed Era arrived. He tried to fight him off. Johnny Gargano made the save. Uh, they sent them packing. They laid out Kyle O'Reilly. Hit Bobby Fish with the big meeting in the middle. The DIY finish. Got a huge yeah. pop for that. And I mean, this is good stuff. DIY getting back together. I think that's what we've been, we've, we've been waiting for that for a long time. Ever since when they teased it back when they had, when they appeared on the, the main roster for a couple minutes, is that right? Yeah, and they did uh, the Dusty Classic stuff as well, which was really good. And... Yeah, so I think we want we want that tag team to get back together. We want those guys to be friends. Uh, that's all we want, right? Yeah. It's, it's good. We and like it. We will talk more about that because there's a great match with them coming up. All right. Um, back to the Dusty Classic. The grizzled young veterans from yeah. NXT UK defeated the reunited time splitters of Alex Shelley and Kushida, 11.55 via pin. Mm. A little um, bit of an upset there to me. Yeah. Maybe not to other people, but, but to me. Yeah, I, no, I thought it was an upset because, like... I don't watch UK as much. I don't watch the UK show as much as most people do. I'll admit it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, a lot of people don't watch it. A lot so, of people yeah. don't watch it. That's true. Yeah. I mean, grizzled young <laughs> veterans are a good tag team, but, like... Yeah. I was like really excited for a possible time splitters run, and I kind of thought that I was hoping they would win. I was disappointed in that, but I thought they had a good and entertaining match. And uh, Steve Cook, Alex Shelley is still fucking great. As I told you, as uh, that is one of the things I pointed out to you when we were talking before a podcast. Alex Shelley is just a fucking great professional wrestler. He always has been. I don't know why he's always been kind of uh, thrown under the. He's always been kind of pushed over, kind of you know, other people have been kind of pushed ahead of him. I don't know why, but ever since I can remember, you know, you can go back Ring of Honor, you can go back TNA when he was the fucking. You remember he's the baby bear with Goldilocks? Oh yeah, you remember that? Goldilocks. I know you remember that. (laughs) The baby bear, Alex Shelley. Yes, you remember that? And you know, Mercy Machine Guns. Yeah, you know, the Generation Next, all that stuff. He has always been a freaking great wrestler. And hopefully this will be a time that people will be, will be able to see it. Yeah, I uh, hope so, because the guy deserves it. Yeah. He deserves a big run. And he, he, he's him. still going to be working some independence, but word is, is you know, he already did a guest coaching stint at the uh, Performance Center. Yeah. And um, the, the word going around is, is he has an open offer to come in and be a trainer and a uh, – kind of players coach like Cassisono is if he, he also has some kind of, he, he also has some kind of uh, training as far as gosh he's he, a physical like, therapist very, there you go okay that's what I was thinking like, he's got some physical therapy trainings so I think yeah. he'll be doing some of that stuff too so yeah. but yeah, um, definitely and, and apparently that's the role Mercedes Martinez got into as well so I mean that's hmm. I'm very happy for her as well because she's you know oh, I, yeah. I, I talked she about this I, I saw people yeah. People down on this. Oh, she sold out. It's like, fuck you. 
<laughs> it's like this this goes back to like when you and I on the old blog talk shows would talk about people saying Daniel Bryan sold out. Daniel yeah. Bryan busted his ass did everything he could on the independence. And he was at a point to where he was getting beaten down by injuries and he wanted to make money. Yep. And she busted her ass for ten years longer than Daniel Bryan did, so what yeah. the hell? <laughs> so I mean and here's the thing too. She's almost forty. She's obviously at a point to where she decided, okay, they're making me the offer. This is the time. I'll still get to wrestle a bit. I can be a coach. I'm going to be happy and hang out with a bunch of my friends. Yeah. I mean, good. And that's that, to me, that's all that matters. She's getting paid and she's going to be happy. And I, I don't like to use the people deserve things, but I think she deserves it. She actually does deserve it. You know, if the NXT Universe chant, you deserve it at her, I would not fault them for that. Because no. she does deserve that spot. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm happy for her. If Alex Shelley ends up making the transition to that, good for him as well. Yeah, he is actually a fucking great professional wrestler. Yeah. That's what I want to say. Yeah, and just great. I've talked about you watched him. You saw him in that match. He was just oh, on yeah. top on top of his game, man. Just yeah. selling, selling Sil- his ass, silky ass smooth, off. and like oh, I, I told you, it's like a this week's ROH TV. Steve actually had it's not the best one he had with uh, Gresham, but there's a really good match with him and Gresham from. Uh, I heard about. I, I was told about that. Yeah, I was. Somebody's to somebody's pinned that to me. Like it's a pretty good piece of business. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, that's just like a, a great like grappling based wrestling match, and everything is so smooth in that match. So he is a great grappler. I mean, he did that. He meshed the uh, lucha and Japanese styles. You know, that's what he that what he tried to do back in the day, and he's. Done to perfection. Just great, great wrestler. Alex Shelley, I'll say it again, a guy I felt should have been making millions by now. Instead, people ended up making millions uh, ripping off his shit. <laughs> exactly. That's what happened right there. Austin Aries made millions off. What Did he make millions? I don't know. I don't know. He, he probably <laughs> br- spent it on promise rings. He probably did. Sexual harassment lawyers and you know, stuff like oh, that. Oh, gosh. Hey, now. <laughs> He got mad at me for favoriting a tweet one day. What, what tweet did you favor? I, I think it was Jake Ziegler. He remember he used to read four on one. He he talked about um okay. the yeah, Chris yeah, Van Vliet yeah. interview Aries did, and he goes he goes oh, it, in this interview Austin Aries proves he has no clue what sexual harassment is. <laughs> and I I laughed when he posted it, so I liked it. And then he, he responds to Jake, and he's like blah blah blah, and you and assholes like at Larry's honk. I'm like. <laughs> I'm thinking, I didn't even say anything, dude. It's calm the fuck down. <laughs> I, you know, I stayed out of that whole mess because I did not want to <laughs> click on the Austin Aries interview and listen to two hours, two, uh, two hours of bullshit. I did not want to listen well, to that. I, that I get, not, here's the thing. That's not, not part of my rep, repertoire for the day. <laughs> I think Jeremy Lambert tried to do that. God bless him for trying to do that. But, man, not, not my deal. Not my deal. I get what he was trying to do. He was like... <laughs> She messed up the thing, and so the heel character, Austin Aries, got in her <laughs> face and blah, blah, blah. He goes, this okay. wasn't me, blah, 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 blah. So he's going on and going on, and Chris Van Vliet's like, well, he's like, y- you pinned her in the corner and stood with your crotch in her face. He's like, well, yeah. He's like, I was trying to make her uncomfortable because she messed up. That's what a heel does. Chris Van, Van Fleet's interviews are like 30 minutes. He went for like three fucking hours. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's because he was hanging out at Aries' house in Vegas and smoking pot with him all day. So okay, all right, I got you. I think he he's uh, kind of uh, Mr. Chris Van Fleet connected one of the with one of the traffic reporters here in Cincinnati. So I don't know about all such. I don't know about all that. But yeah, I don't know. What do you? I'll throw people under bus here. Why not? We we can do it. Yeah. 
There are people's personal laundry. That's all right. That's right. right. And we can do it. So we got a quick post-match uh, promo from uh, Gibson who bragged about Alex Shelley is awesome. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he uh, bragged about derailing the reunion tour, said that they used to be a great yeah. tag team, but they're the past, and that they're going to win the Dusty Classic. I they did not shake hands. So. I noticed that. They did not yeah. shake those hands. That's right. He's a dick. No. None of that. Uh, Robert Stone announced that he had pulled Chelsea Green from the Battle Royal tonight because she deserves better and called her a the hottest free agent in our former free agent in wrestling. So okay, I, oh, the former free agent. Okay, well, she I, I signed gonna, her. So okay, I was gonna say for a second there. Why wouldn't you? Uh, I don't know. I'm, yeah, it seems, I, it not, seems like bad not managerial to be a doubt Robbie E. You know the, the legendary mind of Robbie E. He's a genius, but. Yeah, it's, it seems like a poor managerial decision. I'm just, I'm it, just it was. That it was. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to doubt the managerial genius of Robbie E slash Robert Stone slash where he wants to call himself this week slash, uh, you know, whatever. Zach Redbrook watches back is all I'm saying about that. That's right. Uh-huh. So we went back to in-ring action, Steve. This was a uh, for a spot in the Cruiserweight Championship match that is going to happen at Worlds Clyde. Angel Garza is going to defend yeah. against two people from NXT and the win- NXT an- UK Angel and the was, winner uh, of this match. With Morrow and Beth Phoenix on this match, I saw that. Yeah. So and this Angel uh, took a week off. That's right. So he we did. got Isaiah Scott defeating Leo Rush and Tyler Breeze thirteen twenty via pin, Steve. I got to tell you. I mean, if you're Tyler Breeze, if you're an NXT icon like that guy is, Prince Pretty, that guy should be going over anytime he shows up on NXT, right? Come on. That's sad. Yeah, put that guy over. Come on, right? I like Tyler Breeze a lot. He, I know, there, you, There's you, a lot of people that... Too. You know, like there, there are a lot great. of people that just kind of yeah. like roll their eyes, but he's like he does a lot of good stuff when he's been in NXT. And, NXT icon right there. Yeah, he and, is. You know, Isaiah Scott won, like I said, and uh, he and uh, Leo Rush will get a lot of the headlines in this match because it was really good. Yeah. But I think uh, I thought Breeze was really good here, and uh, in a lot of ways, I think did a good job of keeping things um, not grounded, but keeping things together and on track, so that it didn't get like too too wild. And out of control yeah. to a point, but it was uh, it was fast paced. It was really good. Crowd was into it. Thought it was very good. Thought it was really entertaining. And I, I like that Isaiah Scott is getting the chance. I mean, yeah, I, I love Tyler Breeze as well, Steve. But uh, Swerve Scott is really damn good, and he uh, is a guy. Sure. He's one of those guys they need to do more with him. And a Worlds Collide special feels like a good place to try that. I gotcha. I get you. I just feel like that, you know, uh, I, I'm a Tyler Breeze guy. I am too. I, Remember I like back when people thought Tyler Breeze wanted to be the next Shawn Michaels, be the next this guy and that guy? What happened? Jesus Christ. Well, people turn on people really quick these days, too. They do. They really do. It's ridiculous. So. I I love Breeze's role in this match. I think they did, did a really good job of holding things together. And uh, But uh, like you said, Swerve Scott, Talented guy. Talented guy. Deserves that spot. Be an interesting title match there at the World's Collide pay-per-view. Yeah. Slash network event slash whatever. Yes. Uh, Rhea Ripley did a quick interview about tonight's Battle Royal. Said she's going to go through Tony Storm at World's Collide. And then she'll do the same to whoever wins tonight's Battle Royal. Which she, she will. Yeah, she, she will. Rhea, don't, Rhea don't give a shit. She's going to fuck somebody up. She will. I, I love her. She's great. Uh, Johnny Gargano was interviewed about being in the same ring with Ciampa for the first time since February. Ciampa arrived to thank him. They mentioned the challenge on social media from Mustache Mountain, and they Whoa. agreed to 
team up for old times' sake, and we are yeah. getting DIY and Mustache Mountain at Worlds Collide. That's put a dream that, match, right? That put is that an NXT shit into my match. veins. That is an NXT dream match right there. Two of the top tag teams in NXT history, whether it's NXT or NXT UK, wherever it is. These two teams. Oh, it's going to be good. But it's going to be good. Speaking of Mustache Mountain, did you catch any of the NXT UK takeover? I did not. I have heard some raves okay. about Tyler Bates' match in this particular. That's on this what I was going to say. If, if you can only catch one match, go watch Devlin versus Tyler Bates. Mm. I have heard some raves, and then I saw TJ Hawk retweeting some. Uh, well, I don't think he retweeted. He, he posted a, a gif of some stuff that didn't look too good. <laughs> It looked some, some it looked strikes, bad you know. out of sequence, dude. It yeah, was like one yeah. glimpse of the match. You know that's T.J. Hawk. That you know he likes to do that. Uh, yeah, he T- likes to. Teej is Teej. He likes to do that kind of thing. He likes to post that one thing out of sequence that makes it look like complete shit. So that's all right. But uh, I mean, Tyler Bate is a guy. Man, you know, when you see that guy, he he says good stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. Whenever and, he's uh, doing stuff, ever. Yeah, it's yeah, it was it was an excellent match. I loved it. Uh, Undisputed Era rise back to this, and then Keith Lee just appears out of nowhere and pounces somebody through a fucking As he bush. Does. <laughs> yes. As he does, yeah. Uh, he threw, That's what he does. Started throwing security guards all over the place, and then started shouting that Strong's reign is gonna end next week. Keith Lee is a great man. <sighs> I still think he should be. Uh, I think he should be dethroning Brock Lesnar. Is all I'm saying about that. I wouldn't complain, but it's just not gonna happen, Steve. Okay, well, well, you need to throw in Roderick Strong. That's we'll, all right. We'll talk about Brock stuff next week when we preview. The I'm Rumble. sure we will. Yeah, that'll be uh, easy. Next week, we are getting Keith Lee challenging Roderick Strong for the North American Championship, as well as yeah. the other, uh, as well as the two Dusty Classic semifinal matches. Ooh. So that's good stuff there. And then they announced DIY versus Mustache Mountain was official for the Worlds Collide show, which we are just yes. about. That'd be good. That'd be a good piece of business. Yes. Main event of the evening was the number one contenders uh, NXT Women's Championship Battle Royal. Battle Royale, uh, yes. I think I have yes. most of the names here. We had Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, Bianca Belair, Casey Catanzaro, Mercedes Martinez, Shotzi Blackheart, uh, not Dakota Kai. I had her in there because she appears later. But Vanessa Bourne, Caden yeah. Carter, Santana Garrett, Io Shirai, Tegan Knox, Indy Hartwell, Shanna Baszler, Catalina, Vanessa Bourne, who I had fucking twice, Deonna Perrazzo, <laughs> Jesse, uh, Elbon, uh, MJ Jenkins, and Xylee. So, Casey Canizaro making an appearance. Yeah, that? apparently uh, she was having back issues, and apparently, I guess uh, from what Casey said, it looks like she had meetings with uh, WWE. She got yeah. sent to a specialist, and uh looks like she's going to be back, which is good because I think Casey has a ton of fucking potential. She does, and there's, I was going to make some jokes about her and Ricochet, but, you know, that's all right. <laughs> be good, <laughs> Steven. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. God help me, but... Uh, Pretty good. I mean, yeah, it's good. It's a good old fashioned battle royal. We came down to the last two, which I believe was uh, good old Bianca Belair and the uh, Io Shirai. Yes, right. pretty good. I I thought I thought he was going over. I'll be honest with you. I thought he was going to win. I thought she was. And they kept going back and forth, and I thought it was going to be Io Shirai. But sure enough, no, 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 no. It's Bianca Belair. Yeah, Bianca won it uh, just under 23 minutes. Uh, I thought Bianca was a good good choice to challenge Rhea. She's she's good, has a lot of potential still, and I feel that Io is going to be the Mania weekend opponent. So I'm okay with her okay. not picking up the win here because I think that's a bigger match. 
Yeah. Um, I think honestly, you know, most battle royals to me suck. They really yeah. do because a lot of them are lazy with no effort. I thought this one was good. It was enjoyable. Um, they did a really good heavy tease of Shayna Baszler winning. Yes, she kind of ran did. wild and eliminated a lot of people. Yes. So I like that because it, it got some nice heat because everybody's like, Christ, Shayna's fucking winning. Who got her? Who got her out? Shotzi. Oh, yeah. She was never that's right. fully Shotzi, eliminated. Though. She snuck it's back Shotzi. in. That's right. That's right. So that's going that, that to that also have a match for probably takeover, the next takeover. Takeover or TV for sure because we'll yeah. – um, it depends because remember they they could uh, if they do two women's matches on the next one, I think the prime candidate is Dakota and Tegan. Uh, because they you could, they revisited I, I that think here. You could still build it up more, I think. Well, I think you, you could. could. I mean, I think that that's a Mania yeah. weekend match too. That should be a Mania weekend match, I would think. Yeah. But I'm just saying that's definitely a, a possibility. But yeah, Dakota Kai, Tegan was running wild at one point. She headed up yeah. top, and uh, Dakota Kai ran out and eliminated her. So uh, that's still continuing. So, yeah, they did some nice things continuing stuff here. I thought um, it started slow with just a lot of brawling and tease eliminations. Second, a lot of people in the ring. Yeah. <clears throat> Second half, I thought, really delivered and was well done, especially the closing stretch with uh, Io and um, Bianca. So good match overall. I thought I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, know, you talk about some people not giving a full effort as far as battle roll goes. I think NXT women always give a full effort. They do. Whether it's a battle royal, whether it's six-woman tag, whether it's a eight-woman, whatever it is, they always give a full effort. <laughs> they do. Well, I think it's because a lot they're of right, yeah. that's the only appearances that a lot of those fucking women get on Damn TV. right. <laughs> so they're, just, they're out there making the absolute most of it. So, yeah. And, so uh, that's why Robbie was stupid to hold Chelsea Green out of it. Like, what the hell is he thinking? Questionable managerial practices. Dude. Absolutely. I mean, Bobby the Brain Heenan would have had all of the, all these charges in that match. That's all I'm saying about that. That's Not right. He, Bobby always hedged his bets, man. He did. <laughs> I'm just saying, bad bad choices. Bad choices all around. But, uh, yeah, the, the woman put it all out, as they always do. And it's a good piece of business. I enjoyed the finishing stretch. I, I mean, I, I'm more of an Ishirai fan. I'll admit that. But, uh uh, Bianca's a fine challenger for the next show. That's I think fine. she's a, she's a good because like obviously um, Rhea's defending it the world's Clyde thing, but as far as takeover proper for NXT, Bianca's yeah. a good first challenger because again, like I said, I think E is the bigger match. Yeah. So you and wanna... you hold that up for later on. Yeah. So, uh, Steve, that's going to lead us to the uh, the head to head comparison for this week. Which show did you think was better? I'll let you go first. Hmm. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna. I gotta give the slight edge of dynamite. I gotta give the edge of dynamite. I love that. I love the opening match. I thought the uh, the top two the uh, top two heavyweight title matches were good. Were good with uh, Moxie and Guevara with uh, with uh, Pack and with uh, Darby Allen. I thought it was some good stuff. I you had the weakness there with the women's stuff, but that's kind of typical. But uh, to me. I got to give the edge time, Mike. I enjoyed both shows a lot, and I thought it was really, really close this week. Uh, Dynamite did a good job of rebounding from last week, which was a really flat show. Had that great opener, great Cody promo. I thought that they lost some momentum and some crowd involvement following that Nightmare Collective bullshit. 
And yeah. that hurt the show a little bit for me. Um, obviously, didn't make it bad by any means. Uh, NXT, um, better than last week's show. Last week's show was good, but didn't feel like must-see. And yeah. uh, the thing I liked about was, yeah. this show was it was kind of a less is more, more streamed line show. Um, not a lot of filler or anything. Just all the little talky segments were going to something. Uh, good angle advancement. G- great opening match. Uh, number one contender set. Set that big match for Worlds Collide. I am all for streamlined shows like this that don't have a bunch of fluff and filler in them. I thought it was really close. I'm actually going to give a a slight edge to NXT this week, but very that's, slowly. Very that's slowly. That's fine. Uh, I will say that, that both shows definitely stepped it up this week. Uh, last week, I thought both shows were pretty weak. Yeah. And, I thought um, both shows were pretty weak last week. I mean, NXT, AEW had a bad week. NXT had one of the shows where they had a lot of... They had a lot of good wrestling matches, but they're just kind of there for me. But yeah, this week they had matches that actually kind of mattered to me. Fair enough, but I, I think it was yeah. a a really strong Wednesday night overall for both shows, Steve. And uh, I had a lot of fun covering them and talking about them. And um, yeah. So I mean, no no big complaints as far as the Wednesday thing goes. I think. We will agree, though, that the weakest segment overall was on Dynamite with the Nightmare Collective bullshit. <laughs> so that is unfortunate, but uh, but Brandy Rhodes is very, very pretty. Yes, <laughs> that is Come always my that is always my main takeaway from the Nightmare Collective. Stuff. Come on now, come on now, She's a very, very attractive woman. As long as I say about that, but uh, how did you feel about uh, you know? I you mentioned to me. You mentioned to me if I watch the show or not, and I got to bring up to you right now because we're, we got a few minutes left here, I think. How did you feel about this week's episode of NWA Power? I enjoyed Power, I enjoyed Power this week. I thought they did yes. some nice stuff. Uh, continued to build the pay-per-view with the TV title tournament. Uh, it had uh, some really good promo work from Scott Steiner, Ricky Morton, um, stuff like that. Uh, I, uh, the Pope was good, too. Yeah. Uh, on his promo. I don't think Eddie... The only thing I hate about that is Eddie Kingston doesn't need a fucking mouthpiece. Eddie just, Kingston just, needs nobody talking from him. Just let the king talk, but I mean... Seriously. If you're going to bring Pope in, I mean, stick him with somebody that can't fucking talk. That's, well, that's my can. only That's my only complaint what, about that. Well, I mean, I don't think he's going to be with them long term because they lost that match with, uh, with uh, gosh, Aaron Stevens and question mark. And Pope was like, oh... So I think that's be a long-term thing. Well, here's the thing, though. That was a bad scouting job by the Pope. That was because... a bad situation, too, because you're... Uh, that was a bad booking job, to be honest with you. Put those two acts against each other in this situation. I don't know. Well, here's the thing, though. I don't care who you are. You're not overcoming the power of karate. No, you're not. <laughs> and I, I think it's amazing that, Jesus, the question mark is like the most over guy in that company. <laughs> He is. He <laughs> really it. is. It's great. So okay, here, here's here's a quick question. Mama Storm is pretty good. Mama Storm is pretty close. Yeah. I um yeah. I do have something I want to talk about before we close, but uh before I do want to ask you, I think it's a tight race, Steve. We've talked yeah. about how great Cody is. If you yeah. put him head to head, Cody and Tim Storm, uh, who is the best baby face in pro wrestling right now? I gotta give it Tim Storm right now, I'll be honest with you. Okay. I gotta get Tim Storm with uh man his, his I mean 
Cody had some great promos at the, in 2019. If it was uh, based off of just 2019, I'd give it to Cody. But since 2020 came around, Storm has had some great promos the last few weeks. He has really come on strong. And uh, it's uh, both guys are in the same situation, too. It's interesting because both Cody and Tim Storm are not allowed to challenge for the main championships, right? That's right. Neither one can. I mean, Cody can't be AW champion. Tim Storm can't be the NWA world champion. So they're kind of both in the same situation. So I would like Cody and Tim Storm former tag, tag team is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that'd be good. I love Tim Storm. <laughs> I think He's that great. dude has been fantastic with his promo stuff. I think if I'm honestly going head to head, I'd pick Cody because well, Cody has Cody has the, Cody has the Indian ring advantage. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. I, honestly, though, if you can't love and respect Tim Storm's work in the NWA, you guys, I don't know what to tell you. You're out of your mind. So. You're out of your mind is all you got to say about that. But uh, good stuff there. And uh, it's a lot of interesting stuff going on in the NWA right now. You got uh, – they showed the stuff with with Ring of Honor where Nick Aldis made the invasion angle. And That's right. They did the last show. And he came over to Concord as well. And some interesting stuff going on there with him and Villain Enterprises. I think they're building. What was it, Nick and uh, and flip, flip the pay per view? Nick and flip for the uh, next pay per view. So, which I do like because they're not rushing to him and Marty. No, you got to build. Yeah, you got you got to find things to do before that. Sure, and also Nick has a match with uh, Ricky Morton coming up too. Yeah, here's the so other thing to too. It's like. That. Maybe they're going to go full circle, and maybe after hard times, maybe the next pay-per-view is going to be another Crockett Cup. And maybe Could they're be. going to do the no. rematch of the first Crockett Cup match between Aldis and uh, Marty. Could be. What was that? Like, was that August last year? Am I... uh, no, I think it was August, earlier September. than that. Yeah. I, think, I think back in the day is August, September, so yeah. I'm going to say. But we'll figure so. it out. Um, well, it'll come up, I'm sure, but... Uh, you know, you got the Rock and Roll Express. You got the, the Ricky Morton got title shot coming up too. That's right, and Ricky Morton cutting promo still was so good. <sighs> Gotta love him, man. They got the pop of night too at the AW Dark, uh, the uh, Memphis Legends deal too. Yeah, yeah. everybody. Lo- Who does not love the Rock and Roll Express? Communists. Communists. I saw Jeremy Lambert throw Dustin James under the bus for not loving them. It's ridiculous. Yeah. How can you not love the Rock? Dustin James is out of his goddamn mind. My, I do not love I, Ricky Robert. Let me tell you, great. my favorite, legends. possibly my favorite thing on the Into the Fire pay-per-view was the fact that the first high spots didn't happen until like three matches in, and it was Ricky Morton doing a suicide dive in Canadian Destroyers. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so that just cracked me up. It's, it's 2009, yeah, 2019 and into 20 here, and it's like, you're expecting just like, you know, you kind of expect some kind of high spot. And then it's like, you don't get it until you get 63-year-old Ricky Morton It's Ricky it. Morton goddamn doing that. That's right. So. That's right. That, they got the pop night at the, at the uh, AEW Dark Show. And like I said, Dave Brown needs to be on all AEW shows going forward. Come on now. Yeah. He's just great. So, um, so Steve, before we go, I kind of want to I want to talk about a little something here, a little, little something personal and since you're my friend you know it's yeah. good to have you on um it's uh it's january 16th right now and uh yes it is i it think is january 16th 1 116 a.m that's right <laughs> and i th- i think uh it's it's obviously very public i, I had a really bad 2019 it was yeah. uh this time last year I, w- I was in the hospital 
And uh, I was very sick, went to the hospital, I had an injury, and um, had an infection develop in my left leg, had my left leg amputated, and then they didn't amputate enough, and they had to amputate more. Yeah. So that was uh, that was the uh, the big, scary stuff on the surface. And over the last year, and going to all the, uh, the doctor's appointments and the therapy stuff, and talking to the heart specialists and stuff, basically what they discovered is, is in sometime in December 2018... I, I picked up a blood infection mm. and which explains then, you know, as I Tarantino and think back why I was feeling like shit all through December and my doctors were trying to give me various antibiotics because they thought it was certain things, but they didn't know what it was because yeah. it didn't show up. So I go into the hospital cause I hurt my leg and because I had the blood infection, it escalated very quickly into a bad infection because I am a diabetic, so you take that and already having an infection in your system, that's what led to it escalating and the amputation. Mm-hmm. And the thing that a lot of people don't realize is, and this is completely serious, I was pretty much a minute away from dying last year. Wow. I um, They did the second surgery, and I you know, went to bed one night, and... um. I got woke up the next morning with a room flooded with people. Mm. And I kind of talked about it last year and I blew it off at first and just kind of was talking about it being like a low blood sugar episode thing they thought. But the thing that happened is, is cause I had that blood infection and they didn't target it soon enough is it started fucking with my heart and that led to congestive heart failure. Mm. And, uh, you know, we used to joke, Steve, all the time about the Sandman and Raven shoot interviews. And, uh, 50 yeah, cc's of adrenaline stat. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, hitting you yeah. with the paddles. And, uh, yeah, I, I will tell you this. The zombie set up like Undertaker. Yeah. That's right. They, uh, they don't stab <laughs> you in the fucking heart because that's just a movie thing. But, uh, yeah. they, they shoot you up with your adrenaline shit and they fucking, yeah. uh, they gave me the paddles. Mm. And, um, yeah. So that was pretty much a year ago right now. And, um, wow. Yeah, it's just like, you know, the last couple of doctors appointments, like talking to the heart doctors and everything. The the thing is, is that thankfully, because they treated everything so well, and that was another part of the reason I ended up staying in the hospital so long, they were able to treat me well enough and everything is like good now. Like I had a little bit of damage, but it's nothing like I have to go have bypass or anything like that. My heart is registering well past my stress test and shit like that. But yeah, I was... um. I was there, dude. I was knocking on the door, and uh, we were all pretty. I know we were all pretty worried about you this time last year. I know we. I know I was. Absolutely, we were all yeah. worried about you. I, mean, I know. You, me and Ashish and JT and all those guys. Yeah, I know. And like I said, you know, like I said, a lot of people may not realize. Steve and I have known each other for a really long time. He's he's known me since my Hannah was born. So we've known each other yep. for like 18 years. And <laughs> while we've never met, I mean, it's still Steve, freaking weird. She's on freaking Twitter. Like, what? I know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, man, it's just like, you've always been around. You've been a good friend. And it's funny because like, we've never met, but we've just talked so much over the years uh, and you've always been around and like, you were a big help last year. You filled in for a lot of stuff. You always checked in on me and it's just, uh, I'm really glad to get past that seven weeks last year that I spent in the hospital and therapy and, you know, things have been going well. The whole walking thing with the prosthetic leg is still going really slow. 
I, I need help still using the rollator and arm crutch stuff like that. It, it's getting there. It's a uh, the big thing is it's like it's balance. It's just like making sure you have balance because once you feel like slightly off balance, you feel like you're ready to go and you want to grab onto something, and yeah. it's really weird. And the other thing is is like with the prosthetic I have, when you step, you have to make sure you lock the knee because it doesn't like lock on its own. So you have to think way more now than you would like when I used to walk. Sure. And that's a pain in the ass. But like, the thing is I like, I, I made it through and I'm very grateful for that. And I I'm back home. I'm with my girls, which is the most important thing, obviously to me. Yep. And I've been able to be here. And I honestly do want to thank a lot of people. I want to thank Steve, Ashish, Jeremy, both Jeremy's. I mean, and everybody that listens and reads my stuff because the fact that I was able to get home and everything was okay and I was able to kind of dive back into work really, really helped. I'm sure it was. I mean, I'm sure the fact that uh, we all know that Larry Zonka has one of the most exhaustive review schedules of anybody in the, <laughs> in the professional wrestling reviewing business. And I mentioned in my article this week on Tessa Blanchard that uh, pretty much you are the main per- you are the person that follows Impact Wrestling at this point on this on four one one, and it's not just Impact; it's other promotions as well. I mean, if it wasn't for you, these promotions would would have no following. Am I right? I wouldn't bother to review them. I I might help you out the Raw or SmackDown or whatever, but uh, some of these other things, like Jesus Christ, I mean, I I would not sit through Impact for three hours. I mean, other people wouldn't. You are the person that does that for us, and it's kind of I know it's a low thing on the food chain as far as obviously uh, you being with your family is like ten thousand times more important. And God bless so God bless you and your family. <laughs> yeah, you you don't understand what I'm saying, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, you you were able to dive into all that stuff, and I think it helped you out. I think it, it no, it really did, and it, it means it meant a lot that like I had a lot of really good support on Twitter and stuff. Obviously, like the four one one guys and guys of voices of wrestling, and some people in the wrestling business that were really cool and to send me messages of encouragement at the time. And it was like. It was a really shitty and scary time, man, and it's just um, yeah, I, I can't imagine. Yeah, I just uh, I just kind of wanted to reflect on that a little bit here. Yeah. It's it's been a year, and it's I been just, a year right now. Was it that was it this date? Is that I don't think it was exactly this date, but it was very close to it. I know it's close, yeah. And uh, I just I mean I, I sincerely thank a lot of people that like listen to this show, follow everything. Cause I write a lot of shit. I know bombard you on twitter with it but i mean uh (laughs) i just uh it it really meant a lot that i was able to get back into the swing of things and just uh i guess a lot you hear people talk about when they have things shit that happens in life it's like when you can get back into your your groove and whatever your um you got back you got back in right away yeah you really did yeah i mean like once you got back is like you weren't even gone it's like shit you just got right in right away and you just picked everything up it's like okay yeah yeah i was i got you knees you knees back in you're ready to go i got home on a thursday and then wwe released a shit ton of people so i wrote a column <laughs> on that and then i think that night i reviewed impact and it was like yeah. it was like kind of kind of felt nice you know it was like yeah. just getting back but i mean i i really do love doing all this shit so i just uh just thank you guys for uh, supporting the fact that I can do it. It uh, it means a lot to me, and uh, 
I'm glad to have Steve back aboard. Steve and I are going to talk. We're going to try to do some. Obviously, going to keep up with the NXT AEW oh, stuff. Yeah. And um, we got that's uh, the Wednesday Night War is continuing. That's for, right. At least until 2023. <laughs> that's right. If if they keep NXT on, we'll see. <laughs> they probably will. Yeah, <laughs> I would think. You would think so, but I mean, uh, Steve and I are going to talk about mixing in some other stuff during February as well, yeah. and we'll try to have some guests pop on from time to time and all that. But uh, again, I just uh, sincerely want to thank you guys. It uh, it means a lot. Thank you, Steve, for being on with me. Greatly appreciated, it. and it's uh, good to talk with you as always. And we'll have a lot of fun. So we're gonna. Oh. Wrap up. This was the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, the 411mania.com website, any major podcasting platform. Please make sure to subscribe and share the show around. Please leave a five-star review on any major podcasting platform. And also, especially hit that subscribe on the YouTube. Want to go to the pay window, Daddy? We need it. So hit it up for me. Do it as a favor if you love me, even if you just like and tolerate Steve. And we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> five-star review. I'm just thinking about the Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes show I'm thinking right now. I, that, that, I, don't, know if you want, I don't know if you want to do that. Uh, apparently they got like a temporary ban from Twitch due to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. And any segment that involves a woman looking at Rob Van Dam and telling him to whip out his Rob Van Dick, yeah, it was like, yeah, I, I can, oh, yeah. it's crazy. A little bit, a little bit too much. Yeah. A little racy there, but anyway, thank you guys, and we will talk to you later.